What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Overask. Today, we have a very, very special guest. He is being just kissed by the sun, it seems. He's got some fantastic natural light right now. Uh, Mr. Jason Cassidy. Jason, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Matt. What's up, Eric? I'll tell you one thing uh, that's never been said about me. It's kissed by the sun. Yes. Uh, if you saw my clear skin tone, you would understand that. But I'll take that for right now because you're right. I am facing a big open window. So the natural light's coming right in. You could put a zoom filter on, you know. I have a I, nice little zoom filter on. It makes my skin look perfect. Nah, yeah? Does, not really. It's not on right now, though, right? Because uh, No, it's not on right now. Okay. Got it. Good. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, Jason, we had, um, you know, Eric speaks very highly of you we don't really know each other uh you don't follow me on instagram so you know maybe throw me a follow after this but um that's I'll neither that here right nor now. there uh, neither here nor there but eric was just begging to be on this podcast uh with you so um can you just tell everyone why eric likes you so much what you do um and we can get into it yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I think what actually happened was I was asked initially, Eric reached out and he's like, hey, our numbers aren't that great. We need someone who's like really engaging and like good looking to be on the show. And then once he went through all those people, he's like, all right, now we're on to the B squad. Now we've got some time for you, Jason. What do you guys, what do you do on Monday? And, and so that's why I'm here pretty much. Okay. Cool. Exactly. He's a filler. Is the, this is what we call it, a filler episode. Friend of yeah. the show, Jason Cassie. Yeah, friend of the show. Episode. Yeah, if you're looking for real deep dive content, go back to the maybe the Ryan Serhan or the Byron Lazine or something like that. But I don't know about the Byron one, but the others. But but yeah, Jason, I, I do like you. I, I think you're a, a a great tool of the real estate industry. Not a tool. That's a terrible descriptor. You're that, was great... a, that was a well thought out word choice. Yeah, seriously. What's a better word than that? You're just a great advocate asset asset Asset. there we go for the real estate industry uh you speak at conferences you crush it on instagram you have a huge team out in san diego you love compass you're a part of compass true so yeah we just wanted to have you on and talk about how you get leads through instagram how you've built your team and kind of how you've been like doing the speaking circuit and everything cool well that's easy those are all questions i can answer so i like that good well, a little bit about me. I'm, my name's Jason. I run the Cassidy team here in downtown San Diego. Um, I'm sitting at the office right now, literally like right by the train station in the heart of downtown. Uh, I have a team of six. Um, we work primarily all over the county, really, but up to about Carlsbad. Uh, I've been with, um, I've been in real estate for nine years, eight, eight and a half years now. Um, and I have grown the team over the last three-ish or so. We joined Compass. We were the first team in downtown San Diego to join. Uh, Compass had a bigger footprint up in like Del Mar, up in North County, but we joined. Uh, we were the first team out of the downtown office. And since then, uh, it's been about two and a half, three years. So it's been great. So you didn't start at Compass? You... No. Okay, where no, were you no, no, no. Yeah. Compass? I was at I Sell the City, which is a little indie broker. I was always with an indie broker downtown San Diego uh, for the my first five, five and a half years. And then that company joined Compass. At, it was acquired by Compass. And then at that time, I split off and did my own my own team. Okay. Because I've heard you're a raving advocate for Compass. I don't know if that's an exaggeration by Eric. That's but, a, no, that's uh, what Byron it's a, said. Oh. It's, it's an exaggeration because Byron comes on. We've done multiple podcasts together. And he keeps calling Compass Sotheby's 2.0. And every time I, I point out that that's not entirely the case. But that's that's why I've, I get the raving. I'm, I'm not a raving fan of anything. But I do I do like Compass. I think they've got a good uh, 
a good business plan in place. We just filed our S1, right? So we're going public soon and, um, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so I think it's a great company, but I'm sure there's other great companies too. I don't know the insides of all of them. So. Yeah. Well, um, it, it seems like a good company. I mean, that's where Eric is as well. So well, my Eric company was, also was got acquired, acquired in. Compass. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Eric wouldn't have chose compass probably. I don't know. Like it's Why? too, too, too corporate or something. Weren't you at an indie brokerage before that or something? Or? Kind of. It was Gibson yeah. International. Then we became Pack Union, and then we got bought by Compass. But before that, I was at Hilton and Highland and Nest Seekers, which are kind of big corporate brokers. But you're right. at Nest Seekers. You, no. you were at Nest Seekers. Yeah. I didn't know for, that. For like three months, when got we uh, when we got kicked out of Hilton and Highland after starting the broke agent, Nest Seekers wanted us in their Los Angeles office, and they had just started in Beverly Hills, and they liked us because of the broke agent. But I don't think we did one deal there. And we were there for like three months. We just went in the office to literally like print stuff every now and then. Not one deal. Yeah. That's pretty pretty typical for you. But I was going to uh, say, was that, that big? have you done a deal at Compass yet? No. Yeah. See. What's the, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> back to you, Jason. I mean, we don't have to talk about this asshole all day. Um, uh, so you're, you're very active on Instagram. Um, you get lots of leads. So I've heard um off instagram so what is your yeah. biggest what's your biggest lane how are you getting these leads from we see you're doing a lot of instagram lives reels you do vlogs like where where do you think you're getting most of these leads from yeah for sure instagram kind of became my preferred channel of distribution i think is probably the best way to say it because instagram is you know facebook and twitter and there's all these channels of distribution and you create a piece of content and then you distribute it on all these channels and you maybe snip it up to a shorter version for instagram stories or you have it for longer form for igtv that's all just different distribution methods of the same piece of content and i think instagram was natural for me because they got, I, I got licensed in 2012, right around the same time that they got bought by Facebook. And so they were kind of starting as a smaller photo sharing platform, but it was growing. And so I was, I got like an early adopter bonus just from being on the platform kind of early. Like I had already, Facebook had already been established for a few years. And so there were already real estate agents there. Not to say I don't do Facebook marketing too, I do, but Instagram was kind of a natural progression for me because it grew from the time that I started in real estate, it was growing. And so we were able to grow together. And so um, at that point, I was able to use that as my main source of distribution, um, learn how, you know, when to post, how to, how to use the platform, stuff like that. And then I think what happened about four or five years ago, not intentional either, is that a lot of the content I started putting out appear, appealed to other agents. And so I started getting agents from Boise and New York and Chicago, like all these cities that would follow me and then message me and say, oh, that was a cool thing you showed there. You know, I was just not doing anything super original. I was just the old Gary Vee just documenting, not necessarily worrying about creating content, which I do create, but I was just documenting daily stuff. You know, hey, I'm at the office today. Here's this funny thing that happened. And then I would get agents that followed me and then those turned into referrals. Mm -hmm. And so, and that was never intentional there. You know, it's a really smart thing to do. You should kind of seek that out, but I, I didn't necessarily mean to do that. That just kind of happened organically. And now um, because of that, I've had the opportunity to speak at some agent conferences, which then it's like fire fuel to the fire. Then you get me more agents and there's some social proof that this guy might know what he's talking about, about, you know, and so that has turned into a lot of agent to agent referrals, which, you know, is some of the best ways to generate business, um, that there is because, you know, these people already trust you and all this type of stuff, you're not paying for it. So, um, that's kind of like the, the history with, with Instagram per se. Um, and it's, it, it's worked out really well the past two or three years, I'd say, but that was after four or five years of just kind of like the old school, like growing the 
growing the following, like, like, follow, leave your two cents, the Gary V Instagram $1.80 strategy, all these different things to grow the following. Um, it really paid off over the last two or three years through agent to agent referrals. Yeah, we, we noticed you have a good variety of content on your page. You do the market update videos, the vlog style. You've have a couple of reels up there. What, what's your kind of go-to piece of content? Because I've also noticed a little inconsistency as well. It seems like <laughs> you were kind of like skyrocketing a lot and posting all these vlogs, which were you know extremely time-consuming, I'm sure. Uh, That's exactly right. Why and has so, there been a little fall off? And is it because you're just doing so much business, you don't have time to manage it? You have a kid, that, pandemic. That, you you nailed lot. it. So it, it was 2020 through a real curveball. I had my first son. And so um, not to say, I mean, it was fantastic. It's great. But then the pandemic keeping us at home, we didn't hire a nanny. So I was spending a lot more time at home watching the sun. So like it, it did impact, I think, my social media time, which is, uh, which is, not good, by the way, if you're listening to this, like you should have a structure in place for anything that comes at you. Um, but it's real life, like shit happens. And so basically 2020, 2019, I did the run of vlogs, which mm -hmm. was really fun and really cool. Like in a sense, it was, I mean, like low key douchey where you have like a camera following you around a la Gary V daily V and that was the inspo, but it's such good content, like long form content. You can cut it up into three or four smaller videos. You can have verticals, you can run ads to it. It's really, really great content. Well, then 2020 happened that didn't happen as much because I was at home all year. Like we weren't going to the office. I was for two or three months. I wasn't even showing property. We couldn't show property in California. Like there was all kinds of stuff happening. So the content switched a little bit where it wasn't vlog centric. It was, you know, there was informative stuff and, and stuff like that, but it was just a little bit different. Um, and so I got really inconsistent as well. And that I think had a little bit to do with the kid at home and stuff like that. But um, but you're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a little bit of inconsistency. But you're, you're also crushing pandemic content at the beginning. You were doing these IGTV lives, you were yep. doing restaurant reviews, or at least supporting local businesses. I remember yep. seeing you pop up all the time and those yep. IGT lives were great. You did one with Farah, I think Rio organized. Yep. And if you want to talk a little bit about those and, and how those have helped you. Yeah, for sure. I think it was in, and but formatting just... of these questions is so bad sometimes. <laughs> helped you, helped you. It, when it was during the stay at home like order when it was kind of like real like we actually couldn't go show properties and stuff I had to kind of like think about content that I could put out that's somewhat valuable and interesting that isn't going out and showing off like these properties and stuff because I, I wasn't doing that and so I did jump into to the IGTV lives the split screens I, I talked to yeah Farrah Brittany reorganized Taya DiCarlo like just other agents who are doing things in different markets um, just to interview them about what they were doing. And I found that that was good, good content, especially with the ones who are kind of outside of real estate, like not agents. So like the Rio organized, that was one of the best performing ones. She's a, a self or a home organizer, stuff like that. So we were able to talk for 30 or 40 minutes about like what it takes to organize a home and what people tips people should be thinking about. That was, that's really, really good content. Um, and then once we got out of the stay at home order and I was back out, you know, showing properties of business, I stopped doing that. I, I mean, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, like podcast content, like hats off to you, podcast content, or in that case, Facebook live and Instagram live content is extremely time consuming. And even though sometimes you're just doing the, the 45 minute interview, then there's the back end, the cutting it up, putting it on, and then interacting with the comments and stuff like that, which is really, really important. Um, takes a lot of time. And so it's something that I'm actually looking to, to hopefully get back into a little bit more in 2021 now that we're returning to normal. Um, but yeah, you were right. It, early 2020, I was definitely more active on it for sure. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. Eric wouldn't know. I do all the cut up and the comments and the posting, but he just kind of mm -hmm. shows up for some of these. Uh, yeah, I just built the entire brand that's made this podcast yeah, possible. Yeah, well, when he feels, when he feels comfortable. Absolutely nothing. 
when he feels comfortable with a uh, with a a guest, he'll he'll pop on and show his head. Perfect. But other than that, I won't I won't hear from him for week from for weeks. So um, yeah, thanks. It's the first time I've seen him in since since January. But uh, yeah, we talk on the phone every single day. Yeah, see all right. every okay. single day. So Jason, that's awesome. Um, yeah, one thing I was just gonna say, you should totally because. Uh, you have something to add? No, here? go ahead. I thought you were about okay. to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to fucking wrap it up. Thanks for coming, guys. We just started. Yeah, was it. <laughs> just fucking started. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, what I was going to say is the the vlogs you were doing, they're long. They're super long for Instagram, I would say. But there's so much, like you said, content in there that, that you could post to Reels and like reformat. There's so much you could repurpose there. Like you could have content. Two 30-minute vlogs could give you a fucking piece of content every week for six months. Mm-hmm. Yep. you know you're 100 right so that, that's just awesome it's something to think about um just you know if you get any leads or anything just i take uh 30 uh, off the top of those leads um for any idea i come up it's, with it's really good and this is like a, i mean here's the deal like you guys just mentioned some some cool like ideas that came about but then there's the reality of life sets in and being consistent is ultimately like way better than being perfect at you know what i mean just being consistent putting out content coming up with some sort of structure that's why podcasting it's really good to bank five or six episodes and then you like re- then release them so that in case something <laughs> happens did i touch on a nerve there or something? well it's just no, funny because we're, we're releasing this tomorrow we're releasing oh, yeah. this so, yeah <laughs> so, this it's like because then if something happens and like life gets in the way then and and you don't have anything banked and you miss a week like then you just missed a week you almost start from scratch on a certain point you know i listen my my favorite podcast the bill simmons podcast and 538 politics those are two podcasts i always listen to they're consistently two or three times a week and they never miss you know what i mean and it's Mm -hmm. just they probably have a couple banks just in case because consistency is is everything and and as real estate agents we're we're selling houses you know what i mean we're not we're interacting with clients right now we have four or five buyer clients that we're showing two or three times a week because they can't get their offer accepted. Like real life sets in and then you can't, you can't always podcast or do IGTVs and stuff like that. So um, shit does come up, you know, it's, yeah. it's really, really important. I feel like I do a pretty good job on social media and I, I probably am 30% of what I should be doing. Well, it's way tougher for agents than someone like me, who's just kind of posting memes and finding videos and putting captions on them because you were putting out really high quality content. You were doing the lives, you were doing, the vlog style and kind of like the market updates like that all takes a ton of work and you have to mm-hmm. be on, you have to be in front of a camera. You have to have lighting, you have to have editing and it's just super time consuming for me. I could sit on the toilet and pump out a meme. So I, I understand, you know, from your perspective, especially because you produce such high quality content, why it's hard to consistently keep doing that. Matt also, not that he produces high quality content, but he's doing like funny skit videos. Yeah. And that's, way harder to do one every single day way harder and there's you you kind of tapped into something too like i one thing i didn't stop and i consistently post a ton of ig stories um because stories are so much more raw and it's so much easier to just go into a lobby and post a story or you know what i mean as you're documenting your stuff but creating stuff there is a little bit of like when you put out good content for a while like high quality you hire a videographer to do a vlog well then the next time it's not as good. You feel like, Oh shit. Like you're kind of letting everybody down because now you're putting out crappy content again when they know I, there's a guy, he's a, his name's Seth O'Byrne. He's a really big uh, agent here in San Diego. And he puts out movie quality like stuff, you know, when he puts out his listings and stuff, actors and all that type of stuff. And, and it's all, we all really like look up to this guy, but then it's like, well, what happens when you do the $400,000 condo and you just do a normal video? Do they feel like let down because of that? And so I feel like that sometimes with social media too, it's like, well, now if I put out something that doesn't have a videographer, isn't edited, is it crap? And so like, sometimes I get into my own head about, and then I just don't post it. 
And so like that, it is, I mean, there's a lot of like pitfalls to watch out for when you're posting, but like the answer is you shouldn't worry about it. You should just get the content out there consistently. But, yeah, the the yeah, audience totally. cares less than you do. hundred percent. Oh, oh, like wow. the audience yeah. is not checking Jason Cassidy's Instagram besides mm -hmm. me be right before this podcast yeah. to prepare. Yeah. But the audience is not checking it consistently being like, oh, th this video is not nearly the quality. Yeah, they're never, I find it's always about the content first. Like you could have yeah. the most produced video if the content shit no one's going to care. So, Correct. I mean, it's awesome to have both, but you can't, like you say, you can't always have both on a fucking shitty $350,000 listing. You're not going all out. Correct. I, yeah, I'm I mean, not anyways. I don't know. No. Yeah. There's, there's tears to it for sure. Yeah. So you are a, uh, a speaking, you speak all the time now at tons of conferences. I think, is that where you and Eric met? Uh, ish. So we, I mean, we, we went to a conference together. We roomed together at Inman 2019. I think we actually met at Inman 2016 in New York, in New York like, yep. back in the day. And then Instagram just followed each other, stuff like that. And then we got to know each other a little bit better. And then, so from 2019 on, we've been to a couple conferences together and stuff. Yeah. That's and awesome. Jason, Jason takes the speaking gig seriously. Uh, he was in the room practicing. I came back from the casino and he was <laughs> rehearsing his speech you know, for, so, for hours. And it was a really good speech. I went to it. It was just supernatural. You crushed it out there. So I, uh, I appreciate so it. That was from Inman Connect. I think it was 2019 in Vegas. Yep. And Eric and I roomed together and we went out the night before to like the Zillow party and I was hungover. And so I woke Ooh. up and I was so like discombobulated. I mean, I wasn't like puking hungover, but I was a little slow. And so I was trying to like run through my, my notes and stuff like that just because i was like i needed to get in the right mindset and this guy comes back in and he like videotapes me like talking to a mirror practicing and so um yeah that was a dick move but um it got, got but you yeah. some followers it was not a dick move it was a <laughs> so but yeah i've done a couple a couple stage speaking and stuff like that obviously 2020 there wasn't a lot of that going on with some virtual stuff but um but yeah, it's, it, it's always super nerve wracking. Um, and, and, but it's a, it's a fun thing. And, you know, usually panels are a little bit easier because panels, you really only talk for like a third of the time and, you know, they kind of tee you up softball questions. Uh, the 20 minute to, I've never done, I've, the longest I've done is 20 minute solos. Those are a little tougher. Usually you have like a slide deck that you have like to talk off of those. Those are tougher. Okay. I'm doing my first next month and it's, I think 45 minutes. Oh, and, good night. Uh, it's virtual. But, yeah. Uh, my first conference so we'll see do you actually uh because eric asks everyone to be i mean no one asks him right so he doesn't get paid for anything do you get paid for these <laughs> no okay no okay. usually it's just it, it's in the second so if you've gone to these conferences you know the morning sessions are the people who get paid usually okay. it's the keynote speakers and then the yeah. afternoon sessions are like the uh the the realtors like us who do who do one deal a year that they just throw up there and talk about social media and uh and every once in a while there's a there's a diamond in the rough in the afternoon sessions and you get someone yeah. really good but um it's the morning session speakers that, that usually get paid for that type of stuff okay so it's just yeah. not just eric okay so. yeah <laughs> have you been hopping on clubhouse a lot i saw you in a couple rooms but i feel like you would crush that platform yeah so i did i jumped on a clubhouse um back in january listened in for there's like a two-week span where i was on there like a lot and and i was like oh crap this is like and it was you know four or five times a day i would jump into a room um really it was really interesting concept i still haven't grasped if it's just a feature so like when when you this new stuff comes out you always ask is this a, is this a new platform or is this just a feature that's going to get eaten up by one of the bigger platforms right and so i'm kind of settling on it's it's just a feature and if if you see like twitter has spaces now 
Instagram and Facebook were beta testing, I think it's called Rooms, where it's going to be something very similar. And if those come in and people already have the followings on those, and you can do the same thing, audio only voice chatting in those, does Clubhouse still have a space? It'll still exist because there's, I don't know, coaches and people like that that have already built followings over there. But it's kind of like Snapchat when Instagram stories came along we discovered that Snapchat, which is basically just short form vertical content is kind of just a feature that Instagram then built in and killed Snapchat. I mean, there's still a little community there, but killed Snapchat, you know? So I'll be interested to see if, if Clubhouse sticks around after a year or so. Um, but yeah, it, it's super, it was, it was cool for really two weeks. I was listening a lot. Then I had to restrain myself. I was like, I'm always on this app. Um, mm-hmm. I have to sell houses and put content out and stuff like that, but it, it's cool. And like, I listened to the Elon Musk interview and there was a Chris Voss interview. So some of the big ones that, that are in there are really, really cool. Um, it can get spammy really quick. I feel like sometimes there's a lot of coaches and title people and, you know, I don't know, people that are just trying to like sell stuff or whatever, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's when the moderator says, oh, this is a no pitch zone. Yeah. Right after someone comes in and, and pitches their like social media course or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, there's some, th- there's been some cool, I, I, what I did early on is I just followed a bunch of real estate agents and yeah. then that, that actually, I, I unfollowed them because then all that was popping up were different real estate rooms. And so I unfollowed and followed people outside of real estate. And so now there's like different like business rooms and like sports cards rooms and like different things that I'm kind of more interested to listen in on as opposed to the same old real estate, you know, thing. I feel like Clubhouse is like a virtual Inman Connect, right? There's just always stages going on that you can pop into and and panels and stuff like that. And um, so there's, it's cool. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a lot of people who like to hear themselves talk. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is going to stick around just because people have built up such huge followings from it mm-hmm. now. And they're like, there's like certain rooms that people like really look out for like they're like oh yeah th- this guy's room is the best he's the best and they've the I mean, zero they were, killer room yeah yeah it's just in that one so um which he seems like a nice guy but he he really has built himself up you know i i'd never heard of him before this and now we, we all know him right so mm-hmm. i mean there's something there for sure it's just uh yeah it's odd i don't know where it's really gonna fall might be another vine yeah i mean and that's the thing and it's it if you still, if you learn how to operate in these type of rooms and then they go away, but it becomes Instagram rooms or something and you, but you know, the skill set, it's still useful. You know, it's kind of like, in my opinion, it was kind of like TikTok in a sense that TikTok or Snapchat where there was this short form vertical video content. And then if you got really good at that and you, even if they go away and it becomes Instagram stories only, if you learned how to create content for that, you're going to be set up better for 2021 and 22 and stuff like that, you know? Right. So it's, it's I, worth your time a little bit. I hope Instagram doesn't adopt. Well, I, I, I hope they do adopt Clubhouse, but I, I hope it's not visual. I, I like just the audio aspect of it. I think it's, it's more, I don't know. It's, you, it's, you could just do it from your bed. You could, you don't, you don't have yeah, to. It's less of a commitment for sure. Yeah, it yeah, is. At first I didn't like the fact that it was only audio, but now I think really? I like it more. Yeah, and yeah. If no one laughs at your joke, you don't have to like just be sitting there with your face <laughs> kind of looking around. You could just leave the room. Deer and headlights, yeah. Bombs. There's yeah. some really awkward moments though when someone drops a joke and no one laughs because everybody's muted. Yeah. And then you, you got to figure that there's probably people laughing in the crowd, but they can't talk on the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes it is kind of awkward where yeah. someone drops kind of a funny joke and then it's just silence. Well, or people just click their mic to clap. Yeah, they I mean, clap. It's weird. Matt That's what happens going, to Eric. 
Eric, yeah, exactly. A lot of a lot of those awkward moments where no one laughs. Yeah, Matt, Matt and I have been going in rooms and kind of like doing this routine where we just like shit on each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times where he'll say something and I just won't respond and I'll just keep my mic off just to kind of leave him hanging. And it, it really is awkward. The worst gut-wrenching. It's fucking yeah. terrifying. It, it, is. it is. You know what I do like about Clubhouse though is that it can operate in the background. And so mm-hmm. like it's, yeah. it's actually really easy if you go, if I go for a run and, and like I can have it in the background and like still run or whatever. It's not like you have to have the app open, which is good. I can Are you one it. of those guys who go in and speak while you just I hear some fucking people come in? Like, <laughs> you're like, hey, guys. Yeah. It's like, guys, run. just chill. Don't, don't come up. Yeah, if you're, you don't you're, have to come up. Yeah. yeah. You don't always have to come up on the thing. <laughs> you're clearly doing something else here. Yeah. That's uh, insane. It's a good app though. I mean, Eric and I have enjoyed it for sure. Uh, and to it's, pay attention to. it's building other, your other platforms. So that's great. Yeah. So who knows yep. what's going to come of it, especially like you're saying earlier with the agent referrals, because I'm yep. starting to see that from my videos, which was something I, I didn't even think I could tap into. And like yep. you said, those are some of the best leads. Those are, yeah, it's incredible. They've already done the work and now they're just passing yeah. them to you. Yeah, tr- the, yeah. Everything you want is for people to know, like, and trust you. And so referral, they already kind of trust you because you're coming from someone they trust. So like, that's like the hardest one to get and it's, it's already taken care of. And so like, if you have social media where they can know and like you from all the content you put out and they already trust you because you're referred from someone, it's, it's like a money referral and you didn't pay for it and you pay for it later at the, on a referral fee, but you don't have to pay up front. Yeah. Cool. You used to have really effective Instagram story ads, didn't you? Uh, yeah. And I like how you're prefacing every question with you used to. <laughs> well, no, I just, I remember you <laughs> posting about these consistently, so I'm sure you still do them. I but... still do them. Yeah. So Instagram story ads, I think are still the most underpriced, like arbitrage in real estate real estate agents don't use these for some reason. And so like, if you ever just kind of like watch and maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I am a key, key tar- like target demographic, 35 year old married with a kid, like buying a house. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of should be the target demographic of a realtor. Um, and so you can run ads on it, people as sponsored posts on people's Instagram stories, you know, just have a 15 second vertical type ad and, um, you get a lot of swipe ups for it. it ends up being like, like a 50 cents a lead or something, you know what I mean? Compared to like Facebook ads, which are $5 a lead or whatever. It's, it's much, much cheaper to be in the Instagram story space. What'd you do for those videos? Just you talking uh, to the camera 15 seconds, just introducing yourself or showing a house? What was it? No, usually what I would do is like on a listing video or, or like a vlog or something like that, I would have the videographer shoot a 15 second bumper in vertical. And then it would like, so where I was more centered and then basically it'd be like, hey, Instagram, thanks for tuning or hey, Instagram, what's up? Like check out my new listing. And it would just be that. And then it would like swoop around and go into like a 15 second vertical clip of the listing video instead of the, you know, the actual minute long movie or two minute long movie. And then you would run that as an Instagram story ad. And then the swipe up would be to go to the landing page for that, that property or something like that. You know, interesting. Smart. I've never utilized any of that on Instagram. I don't run any sponsored shit on there. Yeah. And you don't need to have like, you can do it directly from your story if you have 10,000 followers, but you can actually just run it as an ad through Facebook's ads manager. And then when you get to the placements, you unselect everything except for Instagram stories and you can do it that way too. And then that way you don't have to have 10,000 followers. It's still a sponsored post on Instagram. Um, It just is done through the Facebook ads manager side. And then as opposed to just a a swipe out, like a swipe up story, which is 10,000 followers. So it's different. That's sweet. Maybe I have to try that. Maybe Eric, because yeah, then you can, that. you can utilize all the yeah. targeting features, stuff like that. You, you know what I mean? You can target yeah. your audiences and stuff like that. Whereas Instagram story swipe up, it's just whoever's looking at your story that day. Plus it goes away after 24 hours. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. So when you sponsor it, it'll go away on your feed. But you when don't you sponsor it, it never even shows up on your feed. It just oh. it runs to your target almost like a Facebook ad. It just runs in the people that you would tell it to target. It shows up um, in other cool. people's stories. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, but you need to be, shoot it in vertical because that's how people consume content on Instagram stories. Yeah. It needs to be shorter than 15 seconds, but there's a lot of different things. There's a couple of, like I thought about doing a 15 second home tour. I thought about doing a 15 second market update where you put a little 15 second stopwatch on it. And then you do like a really fast version of a market update. And then it's like swipe up to, to see more or something like that. So there's a couple of different like ideas that I have going for Instagram stories specifically. But I mean, theoretically though, think about the distribution channels that also works for TikTok or Snapchat if you're on those platforms mm-hmm. too. So just creating one piece of content would work on them on both. Yeah, that stopwatch time bar thing is really effective, I find, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. people know exactly what they're in for. Yeah, I, I do too with the little time bar that goes across the bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're more likely to stay to the end because you know how long the end is or how yeah. close you are to the end. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why a... I like... What? <laughs> We have a time bar right now on our <laughs> Zoom. Uh, sorry, we down did. from 10 minutes. Yeah, we didn't we upgrade, upgrade to Zoom. Like um, that's why things like listicles are always really good. It's like five different things to X. It's it, they, they usually get more read through because like, you know, there's only five things to read as opposed to like the 10 or as opposed to like the best places in San Diego. It, you put the eight best places in San Diego. So then people know th- they get to four and they're like, well, there's only eight. I can finish the article type thing. That's why those are really good. Like, good yeah. articles to write yeah yeah also i can't believe you're 35 you look incredible oh thanks that yeah, keel keel skin treatment yeah the kiss by the sun treatment the san diego I, san diego but i'm really pasty and white i just there's a good light coming through this this front end here so don't don't let it fool you are you born and raised in san diego no i was from, from sacramento so oh, okay. i was in sacramento for 24 years and then i moved here 10 11 years ago oh wow all california though yeah that's cool. Blink-182 is from San Diego. Fun fact. They are. Uh, well, yeah. Are they all born here? I know they like started here or whatever. I think they're all... I don't think Travis is. I think the other one has turned into a music podcast. There's apparently a really good uh, uh, burrito joint that they always go to. forget what it's uh, called. I mean, there's 55 of them. Oh, okay. San Diego's all, yeah. That's all right. Corner. I'm in Toronto. There's no fucking anything here. Dude, no. yeah, that's I didn't know. Okay, that's awesome. I love Canada. You're in a cool country. So wait, that's why this is all virtual. You guys probably you you can't even come down here, huh? We can't no. go up there. Yeah, I mean, I could sense. come down there. I've never met met Matt in person, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. we've only oh, done these. Awesome. I went to um, I went to Vancouver last year and up to uh, Lake Louise. Pretty country, or two years ago, 2019. Yeah, it's awesome here. I I enjoy it, but I do want to get out to LA because I'm with the agency, so. Got um, it. There's a yeah. They're they're founded out. Matt there, loves so. being with the agency. Yes, I love. I was, it only took uh, 23 minutes to drop that in. That was yeah. surprising. I've been waiting the whole time. I was gonna drop it in when you said you're with Compass. Yeah. I was gonna fucking he's, drop the bomb then, but he's, a, he's like a frat guy saying he's an SAE. He just can't can't wait to <laughs> spit that out at a oh, bar. I love immediately. it. Mauricio you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the Instagram lives we did early on was with Farah. Um, she was she was a good good interview. Yeah, I've never met Farah. Maybe one day when I go down for their big party, I'm going to invite Eric too as my plus one. Thanks, man. That'll yeah. be awesome. That'll be pretty cool. So Jason, San Diego Padres, they're going to crush it this year. You they were good. You were doing, again, past tense. You may still be, but I know the <laughs> pandemic might have hindered this. You were doing Premier Club San Diego Padre advertising. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that and how effective that was for your brand? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it was basically just a, a glorified season ticket sponsorship. In a sense, there was a, there was a corporate sponsorship level. Um, there's a box. It used to be called the Omni Club. Then they rebranded it the Compass Club. And it's, it's like right behind home plate at, um, at Petco Park. And so there was 10 agents that bought into this sponsorship. And basically we had, you know, there's 81 home games. So we each had eight games that we could bring a couple clients to or whatever. You get all you can eat, all you can drink. And then your name basically gets branded like throughout the stadium on this loop on all the TVs. It was, it was, and then you get to use like, you know, the logos and stuff like that. So there was a little bit of additional stuff. It was cool. Um, it was, they did, we didn't do it in 2019 or 2020 because there was no season. And then we're, we're still getting details on 2021 because just last week they announced that there was going to be some fans in the stands, but not like partial fans or whatever in California. So we're, we're still getting information. So I'm still part of the, the crew. Two dropped out and two more came in. So we have, still have 10 agents, but um, we don't know yet what the pricing is going to be and all that type of stuff. Did you see it really cool. from it? Did people call yeah. you saying, oh, that's awesome. No, nobody called. Like, oh. it wasn't like, hey, I'm in the stands right now and I see your face on the TV. It was more so like the, because eight games, I brought three clients to each game. That's 24 clients. There was some friends and family that came, but basically there was like 15 or 16, like good developer clients and people that I got to bring that then resulted in business that way. Um, and then on top of that, there was a couple of people that are, that followed me on Instagram that were like, Hey, we've got these listings downtown that would be perfect for a Padres player. And I mean, it's not like I knew the Padres players, but like the representation that, that we were involved with that somehow helped me win a couple of listings. Obviously I, I utilized it more so than just the sponsorship part. I put it on social media, you know, all that type of stuff. So it was cool. Yeah. It totally puts your brand on like a pedestal. Cause like you said, you don't know the players, but they just automatically associate it. you. Exactly. And stuff like that, you're getting into real high level, like branding plays. It's almost like billboards and stuff like that. It's like, do you necessarily know exactly, did they call you because of the billboard or were they thinking about agents and they just seen your billboard for so many times that they decided to call you instead? You don't necessarily always know what it's going to come down to. Um, I mean, there's different, I probably could have spent the money on targeted Facebook ads and gotten some feedback, you know, more clicks and leads that way. But I was already doing a lot of that anyway, so I just felt like it was good to pull the trigger back in 2019 for that and probably again in 2021 because now the team is really good. But it, for me, it had a lot to do with the who, how many games I could go to and then how many fans are in the stands. Like if they're only allow like 5,000 fans, it's I don't know if it's the same value as it did before when the games are sellouts. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it, it, it was a fun experience. If, even if I don't do it this year, it's cool bringing the people to games is half the value with that though, right? Like if you're bringing 100%. clients for all you can drink and everything, then showing them a good time, then that's exactly. extremely valuable. Exactly. Yep. That's sweet. That funny, well, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. Well, I mean, it's a uh, just true observation. I no, just all you it. can drink. Uh, that's just the first place your mind goes to. Not to well, he said all game. you can drink. I'm thinking yeah. clients, everyone likes to drink. Real okay. To drink. Yes. True. I don't, I don't drink actually, but um, one more thing before we let you go, Jason, we've yeah. noticed that it, your profile, your bio says 40 under 40. We've never, we've only heard of 30 under 30. So our question to you is, do you just, do these awards come, you know, could you get a 50 under 50, 60 under, does that work? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think at a certain point it probably flips like if we're the 70 over 70 or something okay, like that, yeah, like right. probably to your basis. So that was a San Diego association of realtors. They do 40 under 40. I don't know. Okay. I think, I think car California, <laughs> It's a fake award, yeah. <laughs> California Association of Realtors does 30 under 30. NAR, I think, does 30 under 30, but SDR does 40 under 40. And so- um, They're being different. I, Good I don't know how that came down. I think it had to do, it, it wasn't sale, it was not just sales related. It was like, I don't know, like community involvement, stuff like that. There was like six tiers to it or something oh, like that's that. That's cool. But, well, yeah. congratulations. So, 
So I didn't, I got it in 2019. I didn't get it in 2020 though. So I don't know what's, what's going on. Oh, How long are you going to keep that on your bio? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little called me out on it. I guess it's a little, it's little, now, yeah. it a little fucking stale. stale. 2019. It's like all my top, all the top awards, 2016, you know, top agent. Like you haven't, okay, well it's 2021 now. Yeah. What, you what have you like, done lately? It's that yeah. kind of, just, you notice I didn't put the year on there though. I just put SDA or 40 under 40. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. 100%. All right. Well, that's incredible. We're, uh, we're running out of time because, because uh, you we didn't were, pay for the pro version. We were supposed to, and then neither of we us. We gotta just pay. Did. We gotta pay for this. This happens every time. This happens every time. But Jason, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, for sure. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having so me much, on, man. Yeah, nice to meet you, Matt. Yeah, you too. Follow me on Instagram. I will. I will. Okay. Well, speak, and, speaking and of everyone Instagram, follow. Yeah, Jason, Jason on Instagram. Where can they? Where can they find you? you got any speaking gigs coming this. up? Right. Well, my we, name. Less than a minute. About the guest. Jason underscore Cassidy. C a s s i t y. Amazing. Thanks so much, man. Got any speaking go, gigs coming sure. up? Nothing coming up. This is my this is the highlight of my year. Okay. All right. Y'all right, take care. You're gonna eat a, all right, later. <laughs>